The reading is from Psalm 119, verses 1 to 24. Those whose way is blameless to walk in the Lord's instruction are truly happy. Those who guard God's laws are truly happy. They seek God with all their hearts. They don't even do anything wrong. They walk in God's ways. God, you have ordered that your decrees should be kept most carefully. How I wish my ways <coughs> were strong enough when it comes to keeping your statutes. Then I wouldn't be ashamed when I examine all your commandments. I will give thanks to you with a heart that does right as I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Please don't leave me all alone. How can young people keep their paths pure? By guarding them according to what you've said. I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me stray from any of your commandments. I keep your word close in my heart so that I won't sin against you. You, Lord, are to be blessed. Teach me your statutes. I will declare out loud all the rules you have spoken. I rejoice in the content of your laws as if I were rejoicing over great wealth. I will think about your precepts and examine all your paths. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget what you have said. Be good to your servant so I can go on living and keeping your word. Open my eyes so I can examine the wonders of your instruction. I'm an immigrant in the land. Don't hide your commandments from me. I'm worn out by longing every minute for your rules. You rebuke the arrogant, accursed people who stray from your commandments. Take all their insults and contempt away from me because I've kept your laws. Even if rulers gather and scheme against me, your servant will contemplate your statutes. Yes, your laws are my joy. They are my most trusted advisors. The word of God for the people of God. Let's pray. Come, holy God, so all that we read and hear can be done in our lives through your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today is the final Sunday of this lectionary year. You might as well call it New Year's Eve. So for this New Year's Eve Sunday, I would like to talk about one word, hesad, the Hebrew word hesad. And I'm trying to be kind to how that word is supposed to be pronounced because I'm on microphone and it can sound pretty awful if I do it correctly. Hesad is a multi-dimensional word often translated loving kindness, steadfast love, love, mercy, favor, but there is no one translation that adequately describes hasad or God's profound disposition toward you. God's hasad understands all that you should be, but are not, all that you should do, but we do not, 
Hassad is God's attitude toward humanity, understanding that God is provider, protector, deliverer, stronghold, the one who asks for a reciprocal commitment from us so that we will have faith in God's Hesod through sandy deserts, green pastures, and tumultuous waters. Hesod is the strength we hold on to, the faith we adhere to, the faithfulness we cling to and practice. Hesod includes our lament, how long? Oh, Lord. And our refusal. I don't think that's a very good idea, God. As well as our hope. Make me a channel of your peace. Hassad is at work within us when we trust the assurance of things hoped for, the, convic the conviction of things not yet seen. Hesad is the word for your life, and it is lifelong. The word is included in Psalm 136 in every single one of the 26 stanzas. It is basically a psalm of Hesad. Psalm 119 that Margaret read to us has this word only seven times but the essence of relying upon God's law, which means God's way, is in each of the, how many? 22 strophes, and each strophe has eight sentences, eight lines, totaling 176 verses in a seemingly endless Psalm 119, all reflecting on the character of God, the hasad of God, and our response. Psalm 119 is an acrostic. Each stanza strophe uses one letter of the Hebrew alphabet to formulate the entire stanza, which explains why the language, as if you are disciplined enough to read all 176 verses, the language is stiff, it's uncomfortable, it doesn't work. Because it's written, our translation is in English. It works in Hebrew, which I would not even care to consider reading. Margaret only read three stanzas, Aleph, Bet, and Gimel. When Charisse was putting the words on the slide, she said, that's a really long reading, and I said, you have no idea. That is really a very short reading. The Aleph stanza, the first line, begins with the Hebrew word achstir, happy, blessed, in relationship to following God's ways. The word law is there, but it isn't what the police use to determine whether I am or am not speeding. Torah, law, is the way God is, the way God acts, not just the words written down. God's instructions to live, to worship. Torah, the instructions of God as God's self-revelation. 
God's instructions, Torah, begin and end with chesed. For Torah was not just what was written down or what was spoken as a sacred text, but who and what God is. Not what we can get away with, what we should follow, who God is. The psalmist in 119 wants us to follow God's ways. The English words used, statute and precept, these are the closest translations that one can come to to addressing living by God's instructions. The letter bet in Hebrew can connotate several things, including the prepositions in and with. So contemplate God in and with you. God does not stray. God remains in and with you. God's relationship with us is reciprocal, except that we do stray. God does not bet in and with you. God practices commitment with humanity sealed with a covenant. Our response, bless the Lord. The bet strove mentions pure paths. Another way of addressing how God is and how God does. Sure, we want to walk in pure paths, but we all have a prayer of confession in every single worship service. Why? Because we don't always do pure paths, but the path back to God is always open because God does not stray. The psalmist wrote, I rejoice in the content of your laws, read the way you are, as if I were rejoicing over great wealth. What a great image, rejoicing over God's ways as some people rejoice over amazing wealth. I will not forget what you have said, instructed, shown us. The Gimel strophe, open my eyes so I can examine the wonders of your instruction, your ways. I am an immigrant in the land. Do not hide your commandments from me. Think about this phrase in the midst of any dislocation, disorientation, or trouble that you or ones you love go through. Where is God? In and with. Unto what or whom does one put their faith and trust during chaos, confusion? Answer, chesad, the ways of God. Hesad is very present in the shadows and, more importantly, because we tend to forget the sunshine and shadows of our lives, because that is who God is. Hesad. Hesad is more conceptual than concrete, as is God's covenant with humanity. 
The concept of covenant known to Abraham and to Noah, the first two to receive covenant promise with God, was a political agreement between a lesser power and a greater political power. And I think this may be one of the reasons that last week Byron said kingdom in the prayer of Jesus the Lord's prayer represents a better translation than kingdom. I get it. I understand where he's going with that. And that does represent covenant. Greater powers were a major part of Israel, ancient Israel's self-understanding before and after their greatest king, King David, whose kingdom did not last long. Back in ancient times, a community, in order to exist, had to enter into a relationship with a stronger kingdom. And that was a covenant, a political covenant. So that the kingdom would have a protector, somebody who would defend, somebody who would provide, somebody who would be there when their borders were threatened by an outside force. In return, the vassal state, the smaller state, they would agree that they needed to give their crops, their produce, and finances to the stronger power. There was a fidelity that was implicit in covenant. To resist the stronger state in covenant was probably a prescription for your own death. But in God's kingdom, that latter part does not exist. God stayed with and in. Yes, there was punishment. Was, was there ever abandonment? Never. That is the relationship of God's kingdom of Hesod. God gave covenant promise, agreement, as I said, to Noah and to Abraham, rooted in relationship. You follow me, and I will be with you. I will cause you to grow, I will cause you to excel, and you are not gonna be able to see it in practice, but it is happening. N.H. Snaith suggested, the theological importance of the word chassad is that it stands more than any other word for the attitude which both parties, you and me and God, are involved in, in a covenant and how we ought to maintain this attitude of reciprocal reciprocity, how we maintain that attitude towards each other, us and God, God and us, and each other. Now hold on, don't be terribly bored yet, because I'm not gonna give up on Hassad, and there's a reason. I'm just gonna carry on a little bit more. In God's kingdom, the difference between that old ancient Sumerian covenant process was, of course, we're going to get you. In God's kingdom, kingdom, it is, I am with you again and again, and I will not leave you. Will there be prodding and pushing and reminding? Yes, they're called prophets. Yes, it's called prayer today. Yes, God has the stronger position, but does God use it to hurt you? No, God uses it for 
and through Chassad to protect. Did Noah and Abraham understand that part of covenant? Yes. Do we forget that? Yes. Which is why on the last day of the church year, I'm bringing it back. Chassad. When God sees our of course, not us, but our in general of humanity, lack of loyalty. What is God's response? Chassad. To woo us back. Where in the ancient practice, and even today, if there's a political covenant, you break the covenant, there will be serious consequences. Here, there is no erasure by God when we are disloyal. But there is persistence with God to bring us back in Hassad. God doesn't walk away when we turn our backs on God. God stays in and with and tries to persistently call us back. It's what a church does, that perpetual welcome. We don't need to ask questions. You are always welcome. This steady, persistent refusal of God to wash God's hands of us, say, I'm finished, which God did with Noah and then with Moses. Noah didn't argue back again. He didn't know to. Moses argued hammer and tong, foot to foot with God. That's not who you are. Do not give up on these people. And God never stopped being persistent. Even when Israel of old and us today are wayward does not stop Hassad. God's Hassad is that sure love which will not let ancient Israel or us go. Even if we persist in waywardness, kingdoms or humans, where is Hassad still bet with and in us? God already went through the refusal of humanity through Noah. I know who you are, but I will not destroy you again. Let's not do that again. Hassad of God, unchanging, all-powerful, relentless, compassion, mercy, loving kindness, and praise God, forgiveness. Hassad. Walter Brueggemann calls this God's tenacious solidarity, which is the title of his book with Davis Haskins. Tenacious solidarity, biblical provoca provocations on race, religion, climate, and the economy. Hassad. He writes, God is in tenacious solidarity with Israel in the Old Testament, and we are called to be in tenacious solidarity with the vulnerable, which then leads to all kinds of actions and policy formation out of God's tenacious solidarity. You've heard nonstop about Hassad, and at this point you're checking me out, saying, I don't want to hear that word again. So here's the question. Can we too practice God's Hassad, if God practices it upon us, with and in us? 
So I have said one thing over and over and over again. And now comes the quiz. What's the answer? Question, what undergirds the ministries of your life? Your passion. What undergirds your passion for justice, your passion for practicing welcome, your passion for honoring many cultures, for standing with the voiceless, and for being involved in worship and in service? What is the one word that undergirds all of that? You were listening. How did the, the Zoom community do? Did they get the right word too? Yay, all right, thank you. Maybe this is the best way to end this liturgical year, remembering that though human beings may perpetually err, and sometimes egregiously, God has promised to be present with us as we are also present with and for others. And Psalm 119 asks us to look again and again through 176 verses into God's tenacious solidarity. Hallelujah. Amen.